0: I'm Linda
1: Barzakowski. I'm a certified lay minister and lay leader of the 1115 service. If this is your first time here, be sure to get a welcome bag from the connection site or the Welcome and Information Center. I hope everyone will fill out their friendship card that you find in the bulletin. If you have any updated information, please be sure to fill out the card with your address and phone number. If you'd like to receive the newsletter, we ask that you do the same. On the back, there's a section for prayer requests, blessings, or notes to the staff. If you'd like them to stay confidential, we can do that too. We hope that you enjoy the service
2: and have a wonderful day. Good morning. morning. Well,
3: things are a little different this morning because our junior church is going to lead a large part of our opening part of the worship. So just go along with it and, you know, figure out how it works. We'll, We'll make it happen. Uh, but we also this morning have a mission moment, and it's for Alex's lemonade stand, which they'll explain about in a minute. But remember after worship that if you get a chance, go out and help the kids support uh, a cure for cancer with a lemonade
2: stand. My grandma always says, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. I didn't know what this meant until I heard about Alexandra Scott. When Alex was four, she set up a lemonade stand in the front yard. Her idea to give the money to doctors so they could help find a cure for kids like her with cancer. Alex left us in 2004 when she was just eight, but not before her idea inspired others and raised over a million dollars towards cancer research. Today, Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation continues to carry out the work that she began. Together, we can all make lemonade to help save lives. Alex's Lemonade Stand, fighting childhood cancer one cup at a time.
3: Now I'd like to invite our junior church kids and helpers to come on up.
1: All righty. Junior church, I need you down here. Come on, Brayden. We're going to come right down here. Where are all my junior church guys? Come on up. Come on up. Come on down, please. Thank you. All righty. This is the day the Lord has made. Do you want to lead first? Are you ready? Okay, you lead. Here we go. Ready?
4: This ready,
1: is the day. This is Everybody fold your hands. Everybody bow your heads and please join us in our prayer of invocation. Dear Jesus.
3: Dear Jesus.
1: Thank you, thank you for being with us today.
2: For being with us today.
1: We love you. We love you. Help us to worship you.
2: Help us to worship
1: you. Real well. Real well. Amen. Amen. And now amen and now we're going to enter into the gates of the lord we're going to enter into god's presence with singing if you want to stand and clap if you want to stand and shake your um your jingle bells if you want to join us in our parade you're welcome to do that are we ready here
2: we go Save it.
1: right now don't we first we need to pray let's make our circles and then we're going to pray are you ready come on with me Kendall here we go circles circles are a good thing alrighty come be in the circle alright alrighty are you ready we're going to pray are you ready come on Brayden we go. Okay. Let's pray. Let's fold our hands. And we're going to come before Jesus and we're going to ask Jesus to forgive us our sins. Are you ready? Dear Jesus,
2: Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, don't do
1: right. I don't always do things right. Sometimes I forget, sometimes I forget. The, things I do. the things I should do. And sometimes, sometimes. I even do stuff that I shouldn't do do. on purpose.
4: purpose.
1: Forgive me, Lord. Lord. Help me to be the best person I can be. Help me to be be just like Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. pray. Amen. Amen. And now we know that Jesus loves us so much that he died for our sins, right? He died for our sins and now we get to be grateful. So let's say in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ,
4: your sins are forgiven.
1: Glory to God, amen. And now we're gonna have to tell everybody how much Jesus loves them. So can you make a half a heart with one hand? Can you? And can you make a half a heart with the other hand? And can you put your pieces of your heart together and can you look through your heart look at all the people look everybody you see is somebody Jesus loves very much so would you please tell the people around you Jesus loves you very much Jesus loves you very much Jesus loves you very much yeah hey Eric Jesus loves you very much and now we're gonna celebrate Jesus. You are good. Let's have some circles. Here we go. Come on, Rose Brayton. Oh, With me I'm gonna sit here so you sit down here all righty you sit down here All righty, very good now we have some very special people that we want to talk about are you ready that's fine we're good sit right down for me Braden thanks oh. perfect that's perfect come sit down awesome you're doing good you're doing good we have our third graders moving up today. Just so y'all know, next week, Whoa! every. Thank you. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All ye lands. Um, we're, our third graders are going to be moving up, and that means that next week, our third graders won't be in junior church anymore. They're going to be up with you, they're going to have their clipboards, and they're going to be ready to join the grown-up church, which is a wonderful blessing. I want to announce their names, and then we're going to have a time of prayer for them, and um, then we're going to finish up our worship with you, all right? The um, third graders that we're, that were moving up today are Lucas Mahalski, and Andrew Middleton, Ryan Walk, Devin Wheeling, Alyssa Phillips, Christian Bretain, and Mackenzie yurdin and they're going to be receiving a Bible downstairs. When we, when we get downstairs, they're going to be receiving a Bible from the church. And we're very, very excited for them. So can we, can we just um, let them know how much we're excited for them? That's excited. That's good and excited. All righty. And we're going to pray for all of our third graders. And we're going to pray for all of our junior church. Can we do that, Pastor Tom? Let's
3: do that together, shall Alrighty. we? All righty. Yes. Dear Lord, we do thank you today for the blessings you give to us and for our children and for our our ministries with children and for the people who are moving up in their lives into a special opportunity to worship with you, Lord. We just pray for all the great things that you can give our kids to be a blessing before them and to all of us. Fill us with your spirit today and always. In Jesus' name, can you say amen?
1: Amen. 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 What are you thankful for today? Can you share some things? Tell me what you're thankful for. Are you thankful for anything? How about your family? Are you thankful for your family? Yeah? Now, can you wait right here? I'm going to ask, you keep thinking, and I'm going to ask them what they're thankful for too, okay? Because we're all church together. Are we the congregation? Can you say congregation? Awesome. What are we thankful for today, congregation? Yes. Yes. amen amen so that that healing is coming to pass amen yes your mom you're thankful for your mom awesome other things we're thankful for this morning yes your grandson graduates that's a wonderful thing what a blessing yes Amen. Amen. For all of our family and how our families support us through all kinds of things. Do you have something you want to say you're thankful for? Yet? What? Who? Yeah. For your family. You're thankful for your family. That's wonderful. Does anybody else have anything they want to say they're thankful for today? Yes. You do? For your family, too? Awesome. Everyone, we're thankful for our families. That's a good thing. As we prepare to bring our gifts, tithes, and offerings before the Lord out of a heart of thanksgiving, we're going to share the Lord's Prayer with you. And we would like you to join us. Those of you who know the Lord's Prayer, you say it with me. Everybody else, say it after. Are you ready? Let's fold our hands. Our Father, who art in heaven, what a good friend we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. That he is such a good friend that he gave us that prayer so that we would always be able to pray to God, right? We would always be able to pray to God and we would always know what to say. Now we're going to sing about what a friend we have in Jesus as you're ready with your tithes and offerings. And especially, don't forget Alex's lemonade stand. Here we go. You want to turn around and look at the video?
2: What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, and what a privilege to
1: have your grown-up church time. Amen? Thank you for letting us lead worship this morning.
3: God bless these gifts that come before you that they might do wonderful things to bless the people around us bless those who have cancer Lord and help these gifts to be a small way of bringing healing to them and bless us all with your grace and peace now and forever in Jesus name we pray amen please be seated so things are a little discombobulated that's how they worship downstairs and so we're going to do it with them today but that means we're doing things just a little different ourselves as well so i'm going to give you the clipboards now uh there are two of them one is for our vacation bible school coming up this summer uh if you'd like to help with that or be willing to help with that we get about 200 250 kids and teenagers and so it's quite an enterprise and we'd love to have you help with that the second one is for the rummage sale that we do up in niagara falls Uh, this is to help our missions in niagara falls And it's different than the rummage sale we do here because there's no prices. We just let people pay whatever they want to. (laughs) So if you'd like to bring a donation to help with that, uh, or you'd just like to help with it, there's some opportunities on the clipboard. But after next Sunday, you can bring things and put them in the back of the sanctuary, and we'll figure out a way to get them over to Niagara Falls to help with that. One last thing I wanted to share with you, and that is that um, Pastor Gene uh, is going to Trinity United Methodist Church on the boulevard, as many of you know. Uh, and since she's leaving us we're having a party for her because she's worked here over 25 years and been our pastor for about 16 years so so we'd like to have a party and that's going to be a week from this saturday i think that's the 23rd um there's an envelope or ways you can sign up if you're not sure call the office they'll get you all figured out okay concerns well our pastors are going down left and right it seems Uh, Pastor Sherry, uh, as you all know, went uh, by ambulance, 911, to the hospital last Sunday, and we found out she just doesn't drink enough water. So she was dehydrated, and evidently this is a common practice with Pastor Sherry. So if you see her say, drink a glass of water, and then, you know, we'll just keep doing that until she gets the message, right? So um, Pastor Bill went into the hospital up in Lockport for emergency gallbladder surgery. Uh, he's gone through the surgery, and he's home recovering, but well, there's Pastor Bill's down too, and And uh, Pastor Gene is trying to take care of him in the midst of all this and keep him down. Pastor Bob has an infection in his leg, um, so I found out he's on antibiotics last night and kind of hobbling around. So we're just, you know, pray for us because those of us who are still (laughs) up and walking are doing everything else. Shirley Deshera is going for uh, surgery this Thursday, so we want to keep her in our prayers. What else do we have going on in our congregation? Other concerns? Yes. okay all right so we want to keep dan's father in our prayers he's in the emergency room they don't know what it is yet so what else do we have everybody's doing well i like that I like that. That's a good thing. So, you know, we, we were praying um, for. I'm going to call her Victoria Janes, even though that's not her name anymore. But that's how many of you know her, Scott and Karen's daughter. She um, she's had was having difficulties with her pregnancy. The good news is is she's doing much better right now. Um, so uh, she's she's the baby's doing well, and she's put on 14 pounds, um, which I know a lot of people would say that's terrible, but not when you're pregnant. That's a good thing. So we're rejoicing with her. So we have joys, we have concerns, we have many things to take before our God. Let's turn them all over to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Dear God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit blessings would come down into this place. That in everything that we do and everything that we are, we might turn our hearts to your heart that you might put your love into our lives, that you might send your spirit into this place, that you might lift us up in the power and grace of Jesus Christ. We pray for those who need healing, those who are facing surgeries, those who are recovering from surgeries, those who are struggling with the loss of someone close to them, those who are struggling with people in their lives that are struggling. We pray for people who are having trouble with their finances or difficulties in their relationships. We, we pray for those who are anxious and worried about this world and life we live in. We pray for those that are so distraught that they would they would take rash and inappropriate actions that you would reach into their heart and transform their hearts and thinking. We pray, Lord, for our own lives that you would reach into our lives to touch us, that you would bless us, that you would You would help us to be grateful for all the many good things you've done for us, but that you'd also be mindful of the concerns and the worries we have for our lives and the people in our lives. Each of us comes here, Lord, with so many things to share with you. So, Lord, listen for a moment to what all your children have to share with you. Now, dear God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just lift away the brokenness and the worries and the problems, that you would cause us to be not anxious about anything, as the scripture says, that you'd bless us in this place and fill us up and help us to to praise you in our songs and our prayers, that we might be touched by the reading of scripture, that you might bless us when we come to the table. Lord, be our peace and our strength and our hope in all that we do as we offer our prayers to you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And now shall we hear from the word of God.
0: Scripture today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: There's a lot of buildings that we call houses. They take all sorts of shapes and forms. I've lived in a lot of different houses. Maybe you have too. Different kinds of apartments. Some of them nice. Some of them not very nice. I've lived in places they call kind of slums, you know. And I've lived in very nice homes like the one that you provide for me here in Pendleton. I've lived in trailers. I've lived wherever I needed to lay my head. A house is different than a home and over the next few weeks we're going to talk about the difference between a house and a home we're going to talk about what makes a house into a home just as we're going to talk about the difference between having a religion and a life transforming relationship with God we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for several weeks through the summer we're going to talk about What God does and how God transforms our lives, God gives us a changed life and changes the way we live. And part of it, we're going to talk about gifts. Now, some of you have been studying about the spiritual gifts in Bible studies the last few weeks. Others have heard about it. I've preached about it occasionally. We're going to talk about a gift every single week, one of the ones listed in the Bible. and see what we can learn because the bible does talk about the gifts of the holy spirit in the old testament there's various people that get gifts one uh, gets gifts to build things and another one gets gifts to interpret dreams and still another one gets a gift of wisdom jesus talked about it in his parable of the talents and so the goal for us is to discover to discern what is it that god has uniquely gifted us to do because gifts are are different than some of the other things we do. They're, they're a special ability that comes from God. We are going to talk about chapter 13, but it's actually the conclusion of chapter 12. And the first verse of chapter 12 tells us: I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. And it lists for us several. And starting in verse 8, where it says, One is given the spirit of a message of wisdom another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing to another miraculous powers another prophecy another distinguishing between spirits another speaking in different kinds of tongues and for another one the ability to interpret those and this is only a short list there's other lists in the book of Romans and the book of Ephesians and various ones throughout the Bible and some that we don't know and gifts are different because They're given to us by God, as the 18th verse says in chapter 12. In fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, as he wanted them to be. So if you don't have the ability, the gift of God to do something, you know who you can blame for that? God. (laughs) Blame God. Because gifts are not something you learn. That's a skill. You can develop skills. You can learn things. Uh, over the years, I learned how to do some mechanics. I even pulled a couple engines out of cars and put them back. But I'm terrible at it because when I take the engine out of one car and put it in the other, it doesn't run. I have to go find somebody who could actually make it run. I can put it in place and things seem to be mostly right. I usually have leftover parts. I'm not sure why and <laughs> eventually they get going again. My cousin is a master mechanic. He's been taking things apart since we were five years old. He used to take my stuff apart. He didn't know how to put it back together back then. But now he teaches other people how to do it because for him, this is just so simple and so easy. It's almost, almost something natural, which is exactly what the gifts are. They're things given to us naturally by God. They're not something we learn, although we can learn more about them. They're not something we earn although God gives gifts to those who have done more, there's something we have as a natural ability. You know, some people will say that I have an ability to communicate in in a sermon. But in seminary, my lowest grade, which was a B-, minus, it wasn't that bad. You want to guess what it was in? Preaching. I'm not a well-educated preacher. But God has gifted me with an ability to be effective in spite of that. I also got an A in another course, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but the truth is, there's things that we can simply do that other people can't. And there's a lot of things other people can do naturally that we can't do at all. So we're going to talk about these gifts. And the ones that are the rarest, we're the most impressed with, aren't we? Because in our culture, if something is rare and unusual, we consider it to be of exceeding value. So a rare gemstone to us is worth a lot more than a pile of food. But let me tell you, if you don't have any food to eat, the gemstone won't do you very much good, right? So the difficulty is we're impressed by unusual gifts and abilities. Like, Like, have you seen this show? It comes on in the summer. It's called America's Got Talent. Anybody ever see this show? Some of the things these people do, we go, like this guy. from, right? There are some things that people just can do that we can't even think of doing, right? So there are unusual gifts, and we'll speak about some of them that are in the Bible that are are particular, peculiar, and needed gifts that a few people receive, but some are more common. And the interesting part is that while we value the things that, that are more unusual, God actually values the gifts that are more common. So he spreads them around a lot more. So while we value some of these these, these, uh, special things, unique abilities, that's really not the preacher. God only needs one of those this morning out of all this gathered group of people, right? It's other gifts. And that's where chapter 13 comes in. So the 12th chapter ends with this verse and it says, eagerly desire the greater gifts and I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am nothing but a lot of noise. What are these greater gifts? God tells us very simply, doesn't he? Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Because these are the things that make all the difference in our lives. Imagine a relationship with a lot of passion. And a lot of people confuse passion for love. Passion is just a, a sort of like a chemical reaction. It's, it's what makes us attracted to one person and not another. Really, it has very little to do with beauty or very little to do with people being handsome or clever. There's just something about certain people, you know this, that when they're around, you go, Oh, I want to be by them. Right? There's a connection we make. Scientists have tried to figure it out. They think it's something to do with smell. They think it's got something to do with with our our past and our history and our parents. There's so many things. What we know is it's simply an attraction. It's neat. It's great. I like it. I have that with my wife. But there's something more when we come to the word love. And you can have a lot of passion. You can have a lot of, lot of abilities. somebody with all kinds of, of attributes. But if there's no faith and there's no hope and there's no love, you don't have a home. You have a relationship that's like a house. It's a building, but it's not really that important. Have you ever seen these lifestyle, the rich and famous things, right? Some of these houses you're going like,
1: How could you live there? I mean, this would be
3: like incredible. But if the people you care about, the people that care about you, aren't there, it's not a home. It's just a building, and it's not a building we really particularly want to live in. This would not be our idea of a place to be. Faith. Faith is the ability to trust someone. Faith means we can count on someone. Faith means that we don't worry, we don't get anxious, because we know that that person cares for us. We know that that even if they say something that seems a little bit odd, we have to find out what the understanding or explanation is because we know that's not them. We know that we don't have to worry where they are or who they're with because we can have faith with them. And God wants to have that relationship with us. That we're not off chasing after things to keep us from our relationship with God. But that we're faithful. And hope. You know... Hope is one of the most powerful driving forces in the world. So long as you can look forward to tomorrow being better than today, or even just being a good day, we want to live for tomorrow. Amen? That's what's going on with some of the people in our world. They're losing hope. They may even have all sorts of abilities, all sorts of talents, all sorts of things that they can do. They may even have lots of friends and admirers, but they don't have any hope. They don't believe tomorrow will be better. And so they give up. But you see, with God, we can always have hope. Because we not only have hope that tomorrow could be a good day, we have hope that the tomorrows and the tomorrows and tomorrows of eternity will be a good day. So that gives us a promise and a future to live for always. And something to get up for tomorrow morning. And love love is a fascinating word because we use it for so many things sometimes we use love to describe passion the greek had different words for love one was eros that's that passion love they had a word like phileos which is the the, the, that relationship friendship kind of love but then they had a third one agape and that love is a love that's self-giving that concerns itself with the other as Philippians says, that puts the other person before them. That love is described in this 13th chapter of Corinthians, where it says to us that that love is patient, it's kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it isn't proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of the wrongs. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. What matters most is faith, hope, and love. These three, Corinthians tells us. The rest of it are specific gifts. It's these three that are the general gifts. The, the, the ability to, to truly love, to truly be faithful. Not what we accomplish we aren't gifted so we can stand out we're gifted so we can love one another in fact in the 12th verse it says that the goal is to be fully known fully known by God so that we might might have that kind of relationship that love with each other and that's the kinda kind of gift that we need to desire more than all the others because if you're fantastic and can do amazing things, and everybody says how gifted and talented you are, but you don't have love in your life, really, you're missing what matters the most. God gives us those gifts, and he gives us those gifts for his honor, to honor him. And in chapter 12, it says to us, different kinds of gifts, same spirit distributes them, different kinds of service, same Lord, different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. It's to honor God, to express our love for God and our love for each other. Now, I don't know if this is true of every man but I have a suspicion that for many men, if you were to describe where they would live if they were by themselves, it would probably be one room. There'd be a toilet in the corner a big recliner, a TV screen the size of the wall, a refrigerator alongside the chair on one side, a microwave on the other, and a spoon. We'd be pretty well satisfied with that. We could go through life with that. Now, a lot you'd say, but 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 men are always like building these homes and these houses and working on this and that and you know why they do that they do that for people they care about they do that for, 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 for their wives or they do that for their children or they do that for their parents or they do that for their friends they do that for someone else I, I have a place at Silver Lake and we owned it with my parents And one of the greatest joys we had of every springtime was we'd work on a project and they'd come up and we'd say here you want to see what we did for you right just like little children we do it for others in verse 7 of chapter 12 it says that the gifts are given for the common good for the good of other people we can very easily confuse passion with love a house which is just a building or a home when a home is a place where we love and we are loved so what are your motives in wanting to be gifted by God? If you speak with the tongues of men and angels, but you don't have love, your motives are all wrong. First 1 Corinthians 13, it has a section where it, 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 it says, If I, if I give, if I have, if I am, if I possess, if I gain, I, 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 we've become an a, culture, haven't we? I've got a MiFi, iPhones, iPads, I this, I that, mine, 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 mine. Reminds me of
2: Mine, 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 You shut up!
3: You rats with wings. Rats with wings. Sometimes I think as people we live as rats with wings. Philippians tells us, do nothing out of selfish ambition, but consider others better than you. Live for the life of others and not for what you can gain. Oh, they called it puppy love, but I guess they'll never know. <laughs> Anybody remember that song? That's like from 100. That's back in the, in, you know in the last century, right? You know? the 1950s. Wow. Paul Anka. But God calls us to something more than that. We always kind of laugh about it, but if you've ever been in puppy love, what it really is, is it's that first time we feel that connection. It's the first time we feel that emotion with somebody, and it's amazing. After a while, we discover that we can have that feeling with other people. And we discover that love is more than simply having a feeling it's building a life together it's coming to a place where we we love each other even if the other person can't do anything for us it's a relationship where someone else becomes as important in our lives as we are And that's very different than than the selfishness of passion that is about what makes us feel good. And gifts are meant to live out that love. They're meant to give us abilities so that we can be with one another. It says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I talked like a child. When I became an adult, I put those ways behind me. There are certain feelings we have that change over life. Now, I've been married for over 41 years, which is a little more than some people. And and as someone who's been married that long, I've seen the stages of love. The first stage is that passion, and wow, you just just are excited about that person. But then you go into what the, what the book of Genesis calls building a life together, a proper helpmate, someone that completes us, someone that fills in the gaps for us. But then there becomes a point in life where it's just being together. You can drive down the road for 400 miles and you're happy to be in the car with each other even if they're doing nothing but playing on their cell phone the whole time. (laughs) Because you just want to be together even if that person no longer can do anything to be your partner anymore. We're not babies. We're not meant to be selfish and and, and live in that kind of passion-driven life. I'm proud of the homes I live in. I work to make them look nice and, and to be nice, and I do that largely for the people that live there, to show my love to them. You know, a, a house becomes a home when we can live in it and care for the people in it. Have you ever, I, I don't know if they still do this, but back when I was a kid, I would go to people's houses, and you'd go in their living room, and there were sheets on the furniture, you know? Some people even had plastic. Do you remember the plastic? Now what I always thought was fascinating is even with the sheets, which were of course intended to protect the furniture, even with plastic on it, we weren't allowed to sit in it. It's like, what? What are we going to do? It's it's like covered in in five mil plastic, man. I can't hurt this thing. A, a, A home is where we live. Not something that we brag about, but something that we live into. Eventually, it says in verse 10 in the new creation we will understand completely and we will be gifted in ways we can't even imagine we will be made complete but right now we're not made complete I don't know if you're aware of this but God made you intentionally dysfunctional did you know that another thing you can blame on God God made you intentionally ill-equipped to do things did you know that do you know why Because if you could do everything, you would need nobody. Do you see? God wants you to need somebody else. God wants you to to, to have a life where you're not complete unless you have other people in it. People, people who need people, are the luckiest people in the world, right? People that, that complete each other, people that fill each other's life up, that's what God wants us to be gifted for. Gifts, the actions, the abilities. And in verse 8 it says, they'll pass away. They'll fall apart. They won't be anymore. But love will remain. Love will remain past this creation and into the next. The greater gifts of faith, hope, and love are for everything and forever. Someday... I'll be some old guy that nobody will want to hear talk. Someday, my hands will be crippled up with arthritis and I won't be able to build or fix anything anymore. Someday, I won't really have a whole lot of gifts and abilities that anybody will be interested in. I know that. That's the way of life. But I know that love and faith and hope will carry us past that time and through that time. To a better eternity so we need to go from a childish faith to a faith that's mature we need we need to go from a vague understanding to being fully known we we need to go from here to eternity from selfishness to agape love from aimless life to a purpose driven life mature love understands and loves selflessly with long terms, even eternal goals. Ephesians says to us that this is our goal. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We need to take our lives from a house to a home. I have a home, it, it looks like this. This is my house. It's a very, very, very fine house that I've spent 30 years of hard labor creating. We gather there with people we care about and we love. And I had a dream one time about that place. It was, it was after my parents had passed on into glory and, and I, was, I was dreaming, you know, and in dreams all kinds of things can happen. So. We were having a party, if you will, at this cottage, and everybody was there. My grandparents were there. My parents were there. My friends were there. Everybody I loved and cared about were there. And I went over to the refrigerator with my father. Well, you see, in in the fall, we had this ritual where we'd have to look in the refrigerator because we owned the house together and decide which of this food he was going to take and which of this food I was going to take. And so we opened up the door and he said, hey, Tommy, so what's yours and what's mine? And I said, well, dad, you're dead, so it's all mine. And I woke up. I woke up just like that. One of the most beautiful dreams of my life just ended like that. Wow. Mine, 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 mine. And it's not just seagulls that talk that way. The truth of the matter is, is when we turn to selfishness, we destroy love. When we start worrying about what's in it for me, we take all our dreams away. When all we see is our own concerns, we destroy hope and faith and love. And God calls us to something greater, something more powerful. So I invite you for an adventure this summer explore the possibilities of what God can make happen in your life, the dreams of what you can be, the hopes and the possibilities of your life so that you can learn how to live into the power of God's love and what he means for you and for me and for us together.
1: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That's the love that never fails. That's the love that God has for us. And he loves us so much that he invites us to be part of that great love. So we're invited to come to the table. To come and share in all that God has done for us. To make it possible for us to love like God loves. For us to be loved with a love that never fails. Everyone is welcome. If you love God, repent of your sin, and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome at the table. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. You can just come because Jesus invites you. So enter in to the presence of God in an amazing and wonderful way. Enter in with thanksgiving in your heart because God has made you glad. Amen? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the face of the waters. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. Your spirit came upon prophets and teachers, anointing them to speak your word that we would hear. At his baptism in the Jordan, your spirit descended upon him and declared him your beloved son. With your spirit upon him, he turned away the temptations of sin. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. And he ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And when the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always, baptizing us with the Holy Spirit and with fire, as on the day of Pentecost. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you, and he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread and in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and sharing of the cup. So in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died christ is risen christ will come again pour out your holy spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine make them be for us the body and blood of christ that we may be for the world the body of christ redeemed by his blood and empowered by the gifts of the spirit by your spirit make us one with christ one with each other and one in ministry to all the world showing forth the fruit of the spirit until christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your son jesus christ with the holy spirit in your holy church all honor and glory is yours almighty father now and forever amen will those who are serving please come forward
3: God invites you to the table, no matter who you are, where you come from, God invites you to come and join us at the table, at the rail for prayers for healing, to light a candle. Come and join us with the Lord. Well, I mentioned Alex's lemonade stand, so you can get some lemonade. And I mentioned Pastor Jean's celebration in a couple of weeks, but I didn't mention that right after this service, we're having a special celebration. Last Saturday, Pastor Lisa was commissioned in the United Methodist Church, which is a huge step forward in her ministry. And so we're going to have a celebration of her ministry and her, her, uh, her accomplishments out in the Fellowship Hall. So, so after service, go on out there because there's a party waiting for you. May that shall we stand and sing our closing song. <laughs> Love divine and law loves excelling. Selfishness doesn't just kill a wonderful dream that we sleep through. Selfishness kills the dreams of life. So seek the greater gifts of God, faith, hope, and the greatest love. And live into those and watch your life come alive with a grand adventure that God calls you to in life to live into the blessings he intended for you. May God be with you and bless you today with faith, hope, and love. Amen. Amen porque <music> es